0: It's fine, don't worry I'll just I'll rip it off YouTube Um you know that every week And then people will be
1: sending us messages Come leave me Facebook alone, calls. man Do you know what we should do? We should actually apply Or get a Cut the chat intern You lot want to all complain about me not doing Why do you lot do it? You listeners out there Is there anybody out there That can do this stuff for us? Then please We'd love to have you Yeah anyway, we, we won't uh, pay you, but like, we Won't we'll pay you, you, but We'll give you stuff Alright, before we get the doctors on Damon Explain to us a Zoom antenatal class, please. How's it work?
2: Like, I would, I would Zoom cut the chats, but there's just one person hosting, yeah. giving information and, and telling you stuff that you might need to know, you might not need
1: to know, all of that stuff. Uh, do you see all the other pregnant women as well? Yeah. Yeah, so all of you are on camera? Yeah. Oh, wow. Was it fun? Come on, someone. Was it fun?
2: Um you know my honest opinion. Yeah. Quite a lot of it is common sense.
1: Right.
2: But do you know what I mean? There's a couple of things that I didn't know, but the majority was common sense. And they give you little things, they give you little um little plans that you can use and stuff. You know, it's 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 informative. Um it is informative, but you know, um from the baby lands to baby lands, isn't it? Like, obviously, these things are set up to make your whole experience a lot easier and a lot more pleasurable mm-hmm. and bearable. Um, and a lot of it, you know, the lady was talking about stuff that dispelled the myth of labor's painful. It's mad. It's wild. There's bare blood everywhere. All of that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's 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 a good thing. It's a good thing.
1: <laughs> okay. Should we get the doctors in? Let's get the doctors on. Femi, do you want to introduce them?
0: So yeah, so we've got Adjo Danso, who's a GP. She's like a, a dear friend of mine. She's also got like an Instagram um thing called the Clinic Diaries, where she's like talking talks about issues affecting mainly Black people within like the health system. And then you've got Busui, who's um family family member, extended family, and um he he also is um he works for NHS England and um, they're not on as representing the NHS or the government or whatever, they're on as themselves, yeah? So right. I just wanted to clarify that. They are independent parties. They're independent parties, they're like you on the BBC right now, right. they're yes. on as themselves, they're not speaking for for Boris or, or any of these people, but I just thought it would be good, like, rather than us having these conversations every week, mm. talking about like i don't know like the the vaccine and the virus and blah 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 and all of this stuff like you know from like um sort of like entertainer's perspective i thought it would be good to get the real real people live and direct awesome
1: um hi dr dancer hi
3: how, how are, are you? you
1: we are we are I'm good man well, thank you thank you so much for taking a uh, time out of your tuesday evening to speak to us
3: no problems at all. I think it's a really important conversation to be honest and I missed the first bit that you were saying but um, it's one of those things that's that's just been going on and on and on and on and I think there's just so much misinformation at the moment for you know understandably to be honest um, and it's good to kind of just share perspective of what's actually happening and, and what what the future really looks like.
1: I think before we get into like because I think the majority of the questions are about the vaccine. But before we get into yeah, that, yeah, yeah. as somebody that, as a doctor, like, yeah. what has the last 12 months been like for you?
3: Um, it's do you know what? It's been really tough. And I know everybody's saying that, but it actually has been. And I feel quite lucky. I'm a GP, so I work in the GP practice. I'm not actually in the hospital. But for hospital colleagues, it's just been like a lot of my friends are working in hospital and it's just been hard for so many of them. They've been really burnt out. Some of them have have left medicine. They're not they've quit being a doctor. They've what do you mean they've
1: left paper. to do what? They've they've quit.
3: Yeah, some of them have. It's it's really sad. It's just like already the NHS was under a lot of stress and strain and people can often feel really de- devalued um within the NHS. And I think this was just like the last thing for them and it was more about like their mental health and well-being and, and their family it was like a pers- personal decisions but it's it's not just one person and then and then there's people that have lost loved ones you know like co- colleagues colleagues of mine like our neighboring <laughs> gps are no longer like it's just such a hard thing to get your head around because they're people that you see in meetings and like you see in te- in training and teaching and and you all meet up and now like they're not here it's just it's 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 such a strange um strange situation um the general practice that I work in there's it's what what we call a single-handed general practice so there's one GP there that runs the whole surgery and um I I work there as a sort of long-term locum so I work there sort of four days a week um he's um over the age of 70. Um so he is high risk and, and he actually was was unwell for a really 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 long time and it was just me like ru- like running the whole practice which was really really tough and really really put a lot of strain on um on everything really and it just kind of put things into perspective of like like you know what? Where's the balance between sort of work and like health as well, um, which is something that you talk about. What when you're in that situation of you know if I, it's 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 just a strange concept. Like if I get COVID, what's going to happen if I give it to my family and my and my parents? And it's just something that was is still on the back of my mind and it, well the forefront of my mind. So it's really like it's so real for 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 everyone. But at, I felt it was very real, very early on for me.
1: I mean, like. There was no training for this. You would have there would have been like when you were like in school learning to be a to be a GP. You would have had absolutely no idea that this was coming.
3: Like nothing, mm. nothing at all. And it, it it's hard because a lot of the information, like people would assume like you'd get the information first. But like I'd be watching the news, and that's when I knew what was happening. When I went to work the next day, like it was such a bizarre. Situ- well it is a bizarre situation and then like you said there's no training and I, and I really feel for um like people that are medical students who are having to train during these times and having to like th- they're basically working for free you know oh. this you you know,
1: as well yeah like
3: yeah yeah
1: it's crazy sorry um Femi your um what was the other guy's name sorry I don't want to be rude Ade. Right. Ade. Ade. Ade, what's Ade. going on, Ade? Sorry, uh, you're at NHS worker as well, right? Yeah. I, I, I just asked about asking the doctor, like, what has the last twelve months been like for you? Uh,
4: so I'm 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 in a different part of the system, basically. Yeah. So it's a very fragmented system. Just to explain where I'm at. Um, so you have NHS England, which is like the main arms length body that d- manages the whole budget for the NHS and NHS England and Improvement decides, you know what hospitals are doing and, and sets the strategic direction for the NHS.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's
4: why I work in the policy uh, unit. And so for me, it's been um, a different perspective. I'm sure there's similar kind of frustrations of burnout and um, challenge and etc. I specifically have been in the PPE procurement unit. So working with the foreign office, the cabinet office, to get PPE masks, gloves, aprons from China, working with the military to then distribute it once it comes over. Either by sea, by plane, by rail, and then yeah, making sure everyone in the country gets as, as much as possible. Why did that not go well at the start? Um, for lots of different reasons. Obviously, just to caveat out there, I'm talking in a personal capacity.
0: Oh, uh, we 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 dig that. We
4: get that. Fully <laughs> <laughs> totally totally understand that. Capacity yeah. after hours. Yeah. Um, and and there are many reasons. Uh, the biggest one, it was it was a global competition like every person, every government is trying to buy the right PPE for their country, right? And you've got to remember um, that PPE generally is used by the construction industry, right? So uh, up until the pandemic, it's it's normally six foot plus white men who are needing this equipment. And so we're also trying to figure out the complexity of trying to get different fits for different face types, um, you know, ones that are clear for people that are hard of hearing and they can see. So you've got all this complexity and. If, if if you don't have like strong, rigorous governance and like strategic thinking from the top all the way down, it's gonna be a bit muddled. And as well as the competitive nature of government, there's also capitalists. So I can tell you of an example of like we had a, a, a shipment of PP stocks from one supplier and the venture capitalists are like bidding against France, US, Germany, who's gonna pay the most for this stock. Um and, and and then even within our own country, like hospitals are bidding against each other because No one wants that Daily Mail headline of they didn't get the PPE stocks. So it's just like a whole raft of issues. So not only culturally how fit and well structured a government or organization is to like deal with stuff, but then the fact that it's all other countries doing it at the same time.
1: You know what? I I, I feel like, you know, what? Just, just we've only been, we started this like five minutes ago. And I already feel guilty for complaining that I can't rave. You lot, <laughs> you lot are like out on the front line, like really dealing with really real what? stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Really doing real stuff. And I'm like, oh, I can't I can't go out. I can't rave up. Like you lot are really doing it. So I mean, round of applause to you guys. Like, thank you so much. <laughs> Honestly, like what you're doing is amazing. We're going to get to uh, talk about the vaccine. But uh, before we even get to that, I think something I've wanted to know, like from people in, especially black people, in uh, the healthcare profession, you must see a lot of the conspiracy theories and uh, the WhatsApp messages and the things that are going like, how do do those things make you feel? You're in it, so you know it's real. Like I've had it, so I know it's real. I think everybody on the screen has had been affected by it at some point. So we know it's real, but there's people out there that think it's a conspiracy or it's fake or whatever, like how, when you see those messages and you hear that rhetoric, like how does that make you feel? Uh,
3: do you, go first,
1: or do you go
4: first, Adi. Adi okay, cool, thanks, Um, I, I don't mind. So uh, I, I, my, 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 my perspective is, I, I completely get it. Um, so, so one of the, the degrees I studied was uh, philosophy of medicine, and there's a history of the science body, which is a kind of representative of the state in most countries where the state has authority over what, who is a doctor, what is legally, what is ethical. There's a history of people in lower privileges being exploited for that. and 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 so kind of the stuff coming from our community isn't isn't completely random it's because the lack of engagement um, and we see it in the disparity of you know more BAME people whatever that means dying from COVID than not so I get it obviously as a clinician and someone from the policy background it's it's not always true but the point is that if there was engagement from you know the powers that be into our communities if there weren't health inequalities then these things wouldn't have oxygen to breathe, but they have oxygen to breathe because there's there is a history of inequalities. We do see the disparities. We're not always in the rooms, you know. We're not represented well within the back office NHS England policy system where, where I'm at. So you know, when these uh, like when the government or like the comms person is like, oh, you know, who do we talk to, and they've got no idea what the voice is, they've got no idea what you know the the where where, where to meet the Sikh community. And, and and they don't care until there's a judicial review, mm. then uh, you know, I, I kind of have a little sympathy, but that's my opinion. Dark.
3: Yeah, I mean I, I I'm I'm in agreement with with, with that to be honest. Um, I, I call them the Association of African aunties, like they're the probably <laughs> <laughs> organization that like yeah. that is that does exist. Things spread so fast and like um, I actually filmed um, a COVID video for an organi- organization called um, London in Your Language. Um, and it basically is to kind of help push like a healthy narrative to see a black GP speaking about COVID. And I actually sent it to my mom and I was like, do your job, like spread this video, you know? Um, but I think like like I said, like in f- this false narrative doesn't come from nowhere. There is such a, there is history of, I like to talk about black people. You know, I I hate the terminology BAME. I think, Eddie, we did that Oxford, I think we did that Oxford presentation together um, talking about racism being a public health issue. I hate the term BAME because I, I just don't, I just don't think it's very helpful. But black people um, have been, I um, <laughs> Kind of taken advantage of in situations medically in the past um you know you don't have to go that far back in history and and when we look at covid this is not these health inequalities have long existed for a long long time um before covid it's just covid plus some of the things that have happened during you know in the, in the months before and during in the pandemic that have kind of put a spotlight on these things and revealed how much race plays a factor in um in health really. Um, What I would say though is that I think it's also important that as people that we try and get information from reputable sources and you have to kind of question people that have really large followings that have done irreparable damage in the last few weeks. Try not to be too specific. Um, And you know, that is that is a problem, you know, things have to be kind of regulated in a way that false information is not being spread in these in these on these platforms because it's dangerous and people are going to die, you know, people are going to suffer as a consequence. And um, so it's important that these discussions like this are happening um, and that people know where to seek information from a, a reputable source as well.
2: They are-
1: can I just quickly just back because you touched I don't want to go into I don't want to playing it I don't want to go in on, in on my man that you're talking about We've got them, it. we've got them Let's let's, regards, them. let's give it to <laughs> them We're not, we're not going to go in on, We ain't going to go in on my man that you kind of alluded to, yeah well,
3: I didn't <laughs> but, allude to anybody I said no, To anyone, Anyway,
1: I, I will allude to him I'm I i, I do not right. know who
3: you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking, I about. Don't know who you're talking right. about either. I would. I don't know no, we're,
1: like, we're just going You left. know it's what's funny right?
0: about you're this going? conversation? What? This is like someone that works for the BBC trying not to say something. <laughs> <laughs> someone that works for the <laughs> this is... <laughs> hey, man, Should we say the guy's name? No, let's not let's not say
1: his name. I,
3: absolutely not Let's not say his name. I think You're
1: right. I think it's very dangerous. I think like
3: it is dangerous.
1: It is extremely dangerous. Like whether like he thinks he's doing a good thing or not? Like, fam, you don't have the information. You're not like you're not you're not knowledgeable in this. You're just oh, eights. 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Let's, let's, let's sorry, God. Let's, let's
2: can we start off at the basics? Yeah, let's sorry, let's yeah. let's get some basic facts. Yeah. So let's start off with masks. Let's start off with face masks. Yeah, because. From the start of it, I'm hearing that face masks will protect you. They won't protect you. They protect everybody else. You know, uh, the, the virus can still be transmitted through the face mask. What what facts do you have for us about face masks? I'm talking about the, you know, I've seen face masks, like Adidas face masks, nice face, you know, Louis Vuitton face masks. Wow. Um Let's 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 talk yeah. about the, the the basic blue ones, the blue and the black yeah. ones that everyone seems to have.
3: I mean, I can start. I don't think you can start. I don't mind, but I, I'll start then. So, um, I think what I would say about the confusion with face masks, I don't blame anybody for the confusion because the messages have been so confusing. Initially, we were told that. You wouldn't necessarily have the public. I mean, wouldn't necessarily have to wear masks, and then you'd have to wear masks inside. And then you know the, the messages were completely mixed. But what I will say about face masks are that as doctors, we have we use face masks. This is not a new concept for us. We always use face masks in situations to protect ourselves from infections. So firstly, that's not new. With regards to masks, we do th- know that this is a droplet infection. So it's probably best to speak about what COVID is. So it's basically a droplet spread infection, which affects the respiratory systems, which essentially affects your breathing system. And it causes a lot of inflammation, which is why basically people do very poorly and have very terrible outcomes. Now, the idea of a face mask, of everybody wearing a face mask is to protect each other from these droplets. So if for example, um, you were wearing a face mask and I wasn't, the likelihood of you picking up my droplets is very is very low, and you giving me your droplets is lower. But I'm still at slight risk, right? Because I'm not wearing a face mask. So if we're both wearing face masks, we're pretty like we're at pretty much low risk of contracting anything. But now, I think your question is about what types of face masks are there, and like the quality of face masks.
2: Well, well, not not really, because okay. you know, you know. Ace has bought his face mask from somewhere. Femi's bought his from somewhere. I bought mine from somewhere, and they all tell us that they're ninety nine percent safe. So we no, can but the Adidas, masks.
0: the Adidas and the Nike ones don't. They're just for fashion.
2: No, but <laughs> what I'm saying is those. I know you see when those ones start to come out, I know that you could buy inlets for them, which made it. But so 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 what? What I don't want to do is necessarily have a conversation about. Don't buy Adidas. Don't buy Nike. Don't buy Louis because, do you know what I mean? better
3: than nothing. Those masks are better than not wearing anything. Even if you're wearing a scarf over your face, it's better than not wearing a scarf over your face. Not to say the scarf is as good as wearing a surgical mask or one with a filter, you know, to go inside. It's a barrier. That's essentially what it is. So um, I would rather see somebody wearing some sort of face covering than not wearing anything at all
4: and yeah. we don't let I'm people do
3: surgery without wearing no one's coming into the surgery if so they're not wearing a mask that's just I'm coming
4: with a with a left comment so so Ad was absolutely right that a a, a a covering of some description is better than nothing but i think some of that confusion uh, uh early on from my personal perspective is an example of western elitism where mm-hmm. because people in south korean in southeast asia in in many parts of Sub-Saharan africa where we've been dealing with the burden and everything else before have like are saying, look, this is what is best and this is what we've had and this is what we've done. But there was confusion because you know some of the people in the public institutes of health in, in America in the UK, you know, there's 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 generally like a, 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 an apathy with 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 saying, okay, that person from that place knows better about this than we do. And maybe because of like legal kind of governance reasons, they want to hear it from their kind of scientific committee first. And, 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 and I think some of this is just kind of elitist posturing of people trying to get right information from the right. And obviously, like, we're learning about this um, coronavirus every day as well. So whether it's a droplet that can pass through you know, five micrometers worth of meshing or not, um, that's where some of the argument is. But I think some of it is, on a, it is on another kind of sociological perspective of Western elitism, where they're saying, even though you have experience in this matter, we're going to go through our own procedures before we accept your truth.
1: Where- I heard a um, somebody told me that wearing a mask is bad for you because you are. Well, she just rolled out <laughs> like wearing a mask is bad for you because you are. What is it like you're 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 breathing in stale air or you're not? I can't remember what is it, like is it, is, it,
2: is it you're breathing in your own. Is it carbon? Is yeah. Your recycling, but, your recycling you're air.
1: recycling. Recycling. something i like, yeah. yeah. Is, is, is You guys can talk to that. Is that a true you're statement? You're
2: faces. So add
1: the uh,
3: words I, no, no, no. I'm, see, I'm, I'm someone, I need to practice that face <laughs> thing. <laughs> this is why it's about say, people. What I would say so is... If like, you're on
0: your both people, if you're on your both people, <laughs> you're hiding your emotions right now. But
3: so <laughs> What I would say to that is like, if you look at hospital settings where I said that people, surgeons and doctors have been wearing masks for a very, very forever basically you know and when you go and have a surgery for example and you're having a hip replacement which takes six to eight hours I think roughly that surgeon and not even just the surgeon the surgeon's assistant the other doctors the anesthetist they're all wearing masks for that period of time now logically surely we would have expected to if that was if that logic was true surely we would have some sort of issue with all of these people's respiratory systems in that period of time. And I think it's it's this narrative has been created by people that just don't like to follow rules and are trying to find reason not to. And it's the idea that your oxygen people are saying your oxygen level drops by for wearing a mask for long for a period of time. First of all, people are only wearing it for max probably an hour when they're going in and out of a shop or what you know most people don't have to wear masks for long periods of time it's the medical professionals that have to wear masks eight hours nine hours even longer so i think that idea that it's bad for our health just it just doesn't have any basis there's no scientific evidence or to, to show that or demonstrate that at all so and i think that's just basically stemmed from people that just, just don't like the idea of someone trying to take away take away their their liberty you know that's that's what it's about there, there's just no scientific evidence to support that
1: thank you for that I'm going to use that when I, I'm next told that it's not good for me. <laughs> uh, just,
2: just, just one, one more thing on the mask well maybe a couple more things but one more thing on the mask Because I remember when we was all told that we you know we're supposed to wear masks I remember uh, being told that if you've got the mask on and you touch your face or you touch the mask then you've contaminated the mask so therefore you need to if if i'm wearing a mask yeah and okay i'm not even gonna lie this is what i do yeah i've got masks dotted about the place i've got <laughs> masks in coat pockets i've got masks in my car i've got masks all over the place because i'm if i'm running out of the house i'm just running even even earlier I bumped into Ace at the local Tesco's and we've both gone to walk into the Tesco's and we've stopped and we're like oh my mask and we're yeah. patting that like where's the mask <laughs> do you know what I mean and I'm pulling out a mask that I've, I've I've had you know what for the purpose of the podcast I'm gonna say I've had this mask all day but the reality is I've probably had this mask since last year February Wow. yeah now it's exaggeration, but what's what's what is the situation with the masks? Are we supposed to wear them for a certain amount of time and then get a new one, or or if if we have a mask on and we touch it, have we contaminated it now? Are we supposed to just not touch the mask when it's on? What is what is the, what's the situation with the masks? Yeah, wear- so
3: so we we know that so basically we know that the virus can live on surfaces for up to four hours depending on the surface that the droplets land on so technically if some if you have a droplet on your face and you touch it you have contaminated yourself as well so what i would say is that some especially the surgical masks they're supposed to be for one use only some of the more fabric ones are supposed to be washed daily um especially if if you have a filter it may be less um but but yeah they're supposed to be changed frequently again to minimize the the um the risk of infection. And yeah, of course, touching your face and and even when you remove your mask, you have to be really cautious of how you remove your mask. You know, you know, a lot of these things, you know, practically a lot of people don't really follow because it's, it's hard, you know, it's a new thing, especially if you haven't been wearing masks before and you don't really have an idea of like that kind of hand hygiene, mask hygiene, it's quite a new concept for many people. So um, yeah, so to answer your question, you should be changing them daily. Or you know the blue mask surgical mask it's it's a one one use and then get rid of.
0: So I'm um, I'm gonna throw this to, we've got we've got questions in the chat and on the, on the YouTube. Um, I'm gonna throw this to you, Ade. Um, what is, well, rather, what are the hospitals in the UK doing differently from other countries? Why do we have, do we have such a high daily death rate? The talk on the news about all these new treatments, but they do not seem to be working. So like what what. Why are more people dying? Why have we recorded, like, you know, the highest death rate yesterday
4: again? Yeah, so um, I think obviously some of this depends on what you're comparing to um, and what what kind of metric you're using because per population size and different areas of the country have different death rates. But, but generally speaking, the, 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 the UK as whole has a number of factors um, kind of against it so to speak kind of average age average population age um density of urban areas etc um and then you look at some of the kind of quarantine measures we've, we've been doing on, on on our borders um some other countries have more stringent kind of measures and have been doing testing before entering uh or, or testing before entry way earlier um so so those are some of the main factors i think there's um another thing that that i've been thinking about recently which is that you know only history will tell us exactly how and why some of these things were the way they are. Mm. Um, again, some of the main factors like age, average age, um, you know like mm. I said, the depopulation, the, um, the strain of the virus that has mutated from South Africa and is more mm. virulent that's causing the you know second spike right now. some of those things we can quite confidently say that's probably measures that are uh, you know disproportionately affected in the UK compared with other countries in the world and other hospitals in the world. But only the fullness of, of history and time will tell us in a lot more clarity and 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 vividness exactly why these things have been happening. I mean, Dr. Vadawar might have more, but those are some of the things in, in my perspective.
0: I just feel like I feel like people underestimate the fact that this is a novel virus as well. Like no one knows. People are learning as yeah. everyone's learning as we go along.
4: Yeah, and and and, and I'm I'm probably gonna butcher the logical term, but there's, you know something like like survivorship bias but but you know basically humans look for for patterns of recognition to then explain our world and that gives us confidence that we are in control of our destiny we are masters of our destiny like we know what's going on um but but in reality it's it's only after some time afterwards that you can then say cuz cuz i remember like you know uh, in the beginning people were looking at Sweden and saying herd immunity like they've got it right this this and that but now another picture has emerged where maybe they're not, you know, getting as right as people first thought. And then people are looking for other facts to explain that narrative. Um, so I, I I always hesitate to definitively say, you know, epidemiological patterns are this way because of X, Y, and Z. Um, when, yeah, I think only over time will we really get a clear picture and be able to say factually, this is X, you know, this is why this happened. You, uh, I, you know, like one, one other example, the... Uh, Disproportionate number of deaths in black people. Um, you know, lots of WhatsApp theories about 5G and vitamin D. And, and again, some of those may be true, but only in the fullness of time when you do a lot more research can you conclusively and definitively say it's because maybe they're in more, you know, socioeconomic, lower socioeconomic jobs that are on the front line, etc., or, or whatever it may be.
0: So, so um, I remember in the summer, there's loads of questions now. It's getting a bit silly. But I'm <laughs> no, no, to- wait, no, Femi, start- Femi. You
2: know what? I've, just before you say that, I think we should. I think we should actually just try and get through all of these questions because they've come on in to ask these questions. No, no, through-
0: no. And I've encouraged the questions to be asked, but I, I just wanted to, to 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 say this. I remember in the summer there was the the open letter to to um the government about about that very issue. Um, what's been the outcome of that? Uh, gone.
3: Well, you go and then I'll go, because I'm always quite problematic with these answers. No. So you go, for, you go first. Yeah, no, you, have
0: a, you have a turn, Go on, turn. Off. Yeah, so
3: basically with the report, I mean, the report to me, okay, so the report basically identified all the reasons why Black people, Asian people, minority ethnic groups were more predisposed. And I think one of those things, you know, like I said, there have been theories of vitamin D deficiency, there have been theories of socio economic status, also, you know, issues of safety and lack of PPE, and also fear of being able to speak out and say, um, there isn't enough PPE, for example, and and you know there were there were stories that nurses were being specifically ta- black nurses were being specifically targeted agency nurses to work on COVID wards with perhaps questionable um, masks and um, you know it was it was basically the 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 conclusion was that you know that also racism is a large is a large um, factor um, so for me like we've had this review we've had another look at the review because it was felt that there weren't enough recommendations given in that report and now we're here and you know we have risk assessments now which i guess has come as a result of that um that's that um report that was published but for me i i still think i still think there's so much more to be done like we know that black people are more likely to be affected yet for me I am struggling to see why they, that why they're not being prioritized for the vaccination and that's something I, I really struggle with like what was what, what was the point of the report, and I know that you probably can't say these things, Ade, but, but I can so. Um, what, what was the point of, of finding out all that information, knowing that we are much more likely to have poor outcomes yet we're still asking to be prioritised for the vaccine. I mean, I've had my vaccine, but for, for people like my parents, my aunties, who are at much higher risk, they, they're not being prioritised. And for me, that's an issue.
0: That is problematic. Um, quick one, um, you've had your vaccine and yeah. Jig, Jig Real on our YouTube has, has, has heard COVID vaccinations don't protect you 100%. Is that true or false? I mean, no vaccine protects 100%, but yeah, but go on.
3: So um, with regards to the vaccine, um, it, there's two doses. So there's the Pfizer vaccine and the um, Oxford um,
0: Astra-
3: Yeah, exactly. So um, the vaccine, both vaccines, are supposed to give 90%, protection from coronavirus, but you do need to have both doses to, to get, to have that immunity. Um, and it takes about two or three weeks after that second dose to be, to have that immunity. So if you're looking, am I completely protected after my first vaccine? No, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely not. But, but by the time I've had my second dose, I should have 90% um, protection
0: what was your side effects did you like what did you feel like your your throat was getting bigger did your eyes start bulging I'll I'll be honest I'll be really really
3: honest with you like I had obviously read all of these things about some of my like things that I had like on Facebook groups you know I read them and I was like okay I'm gonna have to have this vaccine and I was really like in anticipation that I was like ready I had like paracetamol ready I had like I was ready like I was prepared for these side effects and like nothing not, I sound disappointed, but like nothing. I had a little bit of a dead arm, but after a workout, I'm in a lot more pain. So, it I was fine. I'm fine. No chips. I'm good. I do.
0: I do. <laughs> Have you had the vaccine?
4: No, not yet. And I'm 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 not a key worker, critical like Adwo. I'm I'm in the back office, like a scaredy cat.
0: You're not front 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 of house. Um, no, no, no. Um, is a national lockdown really necessary considering the survival rate is high? and as close to the flu? Ade, that's to you. Uh,
4: yes, is is my reluctant short answer. I, I know it's tough, um, but the thing you've got to think about, I mean, you, you, you've, you've got to look at the data that we have now and all the data that public health officials are looking at shows that it, it's going in a direction that that's, that's not great. So you need some kind of intervention, whether that's a national lockdown or circuit break or something that just slows it down. And that's probably going to what, damon was alluding to with 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 the masks and the proper etiquette that people should be doing with washing their hands and etc and the thing i was thinking about when when he was speaking was uh, because because i I, i'm not doing exactly everything you're supposed to do i've 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 got similar like you know masks in strategic places in the car etc that's because you know after a while there's there's some kind of um you know burnout anxiety lethargy from kind of being on point 24 seven. And I think that's just happened on a kind of massive uh, scale to some degree where, where people have laxed a little bit. Um, certain demographics, whether younger or students or whatever have, have laxed in, in, in major ways and they're more virulent and, and et cetera. Um, and, and so, yes, you, you, I, I think we do need a national intervention just to also stop the, um, you know, one of the messages the government uses to protect the NHS and as I was saying at the very beginning, that, you know, people are getting really burnt out PTSD and all sorts on the front line. So we've got to try and reduce the capacity, you know, I mean, manage capacity somewhere. Um, in some
0: way. In terms of that, so like you think a national lockdown is good and all of that stuff, or you think it's like, you know, our best option at the moment, right? So how long for, man? I'm tired. We're tired, man. We want to go out. We want to party. Well done. Well done at it. Let's be real. Like, you know, I can't. I can't make a film this year and put it out in the cinema. Ace can't play in a rave. Bayman's not really giving out trims at the moment, unless like you live in his house. Like and and, and none of us live in his house. So ultimately, like we can't
2: flex. We can't function. How long for? Well, well. Hold. On. Sorry, Femi. I, I, I even, I've, I've been around so many people that have asked that question um, and obviously nobody really knows the right answer but what I've been hearing and what a lot of people have been hearing is are we waiting for a certain amount of people to be vaccinated before we can come out of our house because that, that's what I'm, I'm hearing that it's just like once a certain amount of pe- people in the population get vaccinated then it will be safe for us to come out and get back to normal because what we're talking, we're talking a year, right? Close to a year, right?
4: So I don't know the um, government's exit strategy, and otherwise the clinician might have more insight onto this, but you, you, you've got to remember that half of this, we've, I wouldn't even say half, I would say 80% of this isn't, in my opinion, isn't science. It's, it's policy, it's government, it's, it's strategy. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, so for example, take Israel. They've got the best vaccination rates in the world. Netanyahu, the president, is up for election in four months. The relationship, the, the, is, is like Israelis have their government, is quite tight. You know, they're a country surrounded by enemies all around. Sweden have a different kind of relationship with their government, where they're a little bit trusting. You know, we as and people also, in Britain also. have a different relationship with our government. Um, is- and they've got a majority for the next four years in government. So they're not up, and you know, Labour is given some opposition. So there's lots of... Other factors that then decide how a government wants to manage lockdown, China was able to lock people down because they're a, you know, one party state, they can say stay in your room for the next 10 years, and people will listen, they've got another choice. So there's kind of different relationships that then dictate what lockdown means. So I think we can hypothesize about what exit strategy looks like. But cabinet office, people in central central government are probably looking at polling, as well as our numbers, and what, you know, people's perceptions and what their friends, the Telegraph and Daily Mail, are saying before they make decisions, and so I, I, I think there's a lot of that that's going to come into play. And then also like the unions, right? Teachers' unions, construction firm lobbyists, what people are saying to them.
0: Steve, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, blah, blah, blah. skip to the next question. I was gonna ask. I was gonna talk about actually how Israel is too technical. Forget it. I was going to talk about the fact that they've got like you know sort of different bodies administering in terms of manage in terms of like sort of delivering health in israel it's almost like this competitive thing and there's like four different organizations that do the job of nhs england but anyway, it's two technical no point let's go to um let's go to um um i heard you're supposed to take two injections what's the time span and how does it all work what do you think
3: yeah, see, so like I said, in order to get that full, over 90% immunity, the doses have to be given at two doses and they need to be uh, three weeks apart, to t- well, to 12 weeks apart, depending on the vaccine. So there's more evidence. At first it was three weeks, but there's more evidence to suggest that you can still have immunity um, after having it for th- if there's a three month break so three to 12 weeks um in between both doses
0: so wh- when are you scheduled to have your second dose because like the government were talking about the fact that they weren't they were going to delay the second dose
3: yeah so that's I haven't I haven't got a date I haven't got a date for it yet so
4: and I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's gonna if, if the government are going to delay it because again there's a it, it, there's a strategic thing I think and it's probably like a health economics number thing like you know they, they 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 model the risk that maybe it's better to get more people 70% safe or 60% yeah, safe yeah. than so 100 people so 60% safe than 50 people 100% safe if, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that,
3: that's exactly that's exactly what's happening mm-hmm. so people I was quite late in terms of like frontline workers to get the vaccine so a lot of the people that had had their first vaccine were due around the time the time that I was supposed to have My first. So theirs were theirs have been delayed. So some people's have been delayed and they haven't had their second dose. So it's been stretched to twelve weeks, three months times. So
0: so the next question, I I could probably guess your answer. I'll I'll put this to Ade. Three different vaccines. Um what why isn't the scientifically best one just the one? And everyone else, um, why why do not we focus on just the Pfizer one? Because that's like probably you know, the strongest one or or why not exactly. the AstraZeneca or why not the moderna one? Why why have we got three different vaccines approved?
4: Uh so so holistic look like just kind of from a from a bird's eye view speaking, um you know, loads of money has been given to all these pharmaceutical companies and universities to work with pharmaceutical companies to try and get us back to normal, right? So we've in an unprecedented era had billions of billions of research money pumped into this and so just every farm company has been focusing on this and we've just come up with you know Moderna, Pfizer, BioNTech and AstraZeneca Oxford with, with three different very good candidates because that's all they've been doing there's nothing else to do. Um, we, we have different options and some are better than others and they have different efficacies and efficiencies and all the rest of it because they, they have different technologies so there's the traditional vaccines which is well, yeah, not getting too technical, there's a, there's a new technology, which is like triggering triggering your body to make an immune response, mRNA. Um, and some of these technologies require to be stored at really low temperatures, uh, minus 70. And so, you know, if you want to get it from here to Birmingham and, you know, from Sweden to the London, you've got to, you know, it's got to be in a freezer all the time type thing. And so those are expensive. And we don't always have, you know, like we like we don't have that infrastructure set up. Another type of vaccine, I think it's the Oxford one, can be stored at room, like refrigerator temperature. And that's easier to transport. And then each, like they, they cost difference. The Oxford one costs three pounds a jab. The Pfizer one, like I think 15 or 20 pounds. But anyway, like there's different costing. So that's why it's, it's, just, it's just different. And there's lots of different calculations to make as to whether a pharmacy has that capacity to store it at minus 70 or not. But most people have fridges, so that's why we're trying to go for this type. And then just the other factor, um, you know, at like way at the early stages when we're getting preliminary data, Treasury and, um, you know, the the kind of scientific committees had to make judgments and say, all right, look, we're going to buy, um, you know, 50 million doses at this much. And they had to hedge their bet, So they went across all three. And, and that's why we've got different options or two rather.
0: All right. So, so what is this mrna thing like what why is it so different and in in terms of what it does to your body in terms of how it works in your body to a traditional vaccine in the astrazeneca
4: case do you know yeah i i, I can have a go and then and can clean up my mistakes which i'm sure i'm going to make but um so you know you've got dna which codes whether you have blue eyes you know who you are how tall you are et cetera et cetera um mRNA is, is is like is is a single strand of of that and the way the vaccine works which is new technology is that it's kind of got this protein that goes into your body and it it it, it, it tells your antibodies your immune system look this is what a coronavirus particle looks like get you know figure out how to make an immune response to it. So that you can fight it if and when the real thing comes, and you're and you're immune to it, um, and, and 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 that's a massive new technology. And, and you can think about the future of this kind of thing, where you can trigger your body to recognize things and you know make responses to it, etc. And then that mRNA thing dies in your body after a day or two, um, which is very different to typical vaccines, um, which I think are very small particles of the live or you know. Half-life vaccine. Um, I'm butchering the the, the
3: no. That, that's that's exactly it. So yeah, that's exactly it. So more traditional vaccines, you, you typically have like a weakened, a very weakened type of the actual virus. Whereas this is not. This does not contain any COVID virus, which is why it's actually quite new and quite exciting um, as well. So so when people say you're actually going to get the virus, no, you don't actually have any coronavirus injected into you it's just the the pro it's basically just the the protein that says hey get ready this is what it looks like be ready for when it comes so that's how it works
0: but that's people are really scared about that you know like people are scared are always scared of people always scared of new technology and i suppose that people are scared of this you know the vax we know how traditional vaccines work and we've we've been having that all our lives, everyone's got the BCG mark on their arm, yeah, and and you know we were used to that, and then this new technology is just a yeah. bit too hard for everyone to get their head around.
2: And I say something, so, so yeah, so something that has 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 come to my mind, here yeah, with this new vaccine, yeah, is I and mean, it's on touching. It. You see this BCG thing; it's an injection, right? Why does everyone have a scar? I've had very, many injections in my life, as have all of you, and we don't get scars. So that's a worry. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, there's, there's this thing of, what well, are you really... You're laughing. Big, big man, I've got the scar here. Well, you I've said got, it's the bark, bark of the world. beast. The bark of the beast. The weed man back in the day was telling us about this. The weed man. <laughs> 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 you know, no, look, I, no, I, I, I mean, I don't need an explanation why I've still got a, a scar, maybe after the podcast, but, um, you know, in regards to the vaccines and how many different vaccines there are, you two professionals that are here now, what one would you advise, would you advise taking one over over another?
3: No, I would never advise to take one over the other, um, I don't think I could really, I'll be honest, I'll be, on, I'll be actually honest with you and I won't just give you my doctor answer g- genuinely like I didn't when I went for my vaccine I didn't I didn't know which one I was going to be having it didn't really matter to me to be honest at all because all I all I cared about was having some kind of immunity and um, giving given how high risk my job is and and you know that that was the priority and also looking at both of those vaccines they're actually quite similar um but the, the reason why the, the like um Ado was saying the Oxford vaccine that the good thing about it is that it's is well for me in terms of like a GP is the storage with with the Pfizer vaccine it has to be stored in minus 70 degrees so I had to go to a special center where they have the fridges to be able to store these vaccines because we can't store those vaccines in our surgery. So if we can get hold of the Oxford vaccine, we can actually start administering it from our own surgeries because it can go in our fridge um, so that we can give it to everybody. So like the same way we we give flu jabs basically. So um, in terms of that's for convenience, I think Oxford would be great because we can really push out the vaccines for a lot of people.
0: I'm going to skip to the next question because they're coming in thick and fast and people are actually having arguments in the chat. But...
2: They are, yeah. Is... Are no one's got... because
0: of what
3: we're saying? Yeah,
0: no oh. one's got time. No one's got time. I, we need to get through these questions. Nah, it's <laughs> popping
2: off in the chat.
0: It's going off, but I've got no time to moderate them right now. <laughs> i going through the questions. Um, Dr. Adjua, how was the vaccine rollout affected? Uh, how has the vaccine rollout affected um your day-to-day work at the practice well you kind of suggested that it hasn't as you're a single GP practice how can your local LMC CCG group practices I don't know what the next bit is (laughs) but yeah as it affected you (laughs) what was that so basically as the rollout of the vaccine affected your work at all
3: well yeah it it definitely has I mean every every day people call and this is the actual interesting thing that people don't really know every day I get phone calls of patients saying when am I getting my vaccine am I on the list please don't forget about me people are desperate for this vaccine and yeah is that the same no
4: no I'm saying I want it
3: yeah, like people want this vaccine. People are asking me, and like, don't forget about me and my husband. You know, I hope you're well, doctor. Don't forget about me. Like, people are desperate for this vaccine, and that that does affect my work because all I'm thinking about is I really want these people to be to be well so they can they can leave their house. Like, there's people that haven't left their house for ten months, and when I say haven't left the house, they haven't stepped out of their house for ten months. You know, and and those are the people that I think about now. With regards to the actual vaccination, vaccinating, um, the it does affect us because. <sighs> the way it works like I said to you that there's a, there's a central fridge in the area and we all take turns to go and give out vac- vaccinations um, as well so like our nurse will go for a day and do vaccinations which means she's not at the surgery so we are really stretched and quite overwhelmed at the moment but it's it's important that it just needs to be, be done.
0: Um, this one is kind of like a broad question but maybe um you can answer it for us what is the treatment in hospital when if you get COVID-19 what happens I get COVID I call them oh they, I get there oh you've good got questions. Yeah. what happens
3: that's a really good question, it um, a good question. So it's a really good question so with with so with COVID it's a disease that affects the lungs and you have a lot of in it's the inflammation that causes all the problems with breathing so you your your lungs just are so inflamed they can't do their job so you actually you just can't breathe. Like I don't know if anyone's had COVID um, here, but you you genuinely feel like you're suffocating, and it's a very horrible feeling from how it's described. So your oxygen levels are dropping. So in terms of what happens when you go to hospital, they assess the severity. So they assess like how how infected are you, basically? How infected are you? Often people have a chest X ray. So. When the infection gets, the viral infection gets bad, you can have a secondary bacterial infection. So people can go on to have pneumonia. So sometimes they're treated with antibiotics as well to try and alleviate the back, secondary bacterial infection, oxygen therapy. And sometimes when all of those things fail, you may have to go to intensive care, which is where they can actually administer more specific concentrated oxygen, as well as support all your other organs. Because when you're st- when you're having so much infection in your body, all your organs basically just start to fail like they would with any other kind of infection. So you need kind of organ support. So then you have to go to ITU.
4: And just uh one or two things to add because it happens to both my mother and my mother-in-law oh, yeah um is uh so so yes you have very difficulty breathing and um and 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 this doesn't just happen with covid for example it happens with all healthcare diseases you know like they they, they they evaluate the severity and whether or not you can be treated on ward or at home and both my mother and mother-in-law were, were advised because they were of a of an age and a disease type that they could stay at home um, and, and say that way, but, but if you can't, then you have to go on oxygen cylinders. Um, if that's not enough, then you go on a ventilator, which is basically breathing for you. And, and you know, uh, ho- like, ho- hospitals' oxygen piping systems weren't built to have so many wards with oxygen cylinders. Maybe there was just one intensive care ward or two in a typical district general hospital that would have, you know, 12 beds with oxygen cylinders or oxygen ventilators. Um, but but there just isn't enough. Yes, there are nightingales, um, but there's so much more in terms of whether there's enough staffing and stuff that sometimes there is just that decision that has to be made as to whether there is a bed or whether, you know, you are of a an age and a disposition that might be more, you know, able to survive at home with uh, just rest.
3: Yeah. and And I think it's important to also mention as well, like, Sometimes I don't think people really understand what happens when you survive COVID and like you leave ITU. People are leaving on oxygen. People are having long-term oxygen. They're on oxygen in their own homes. They have, they are going to have long-term effects of having covid so although you may leave hospital and well probably shouldn't say all this stuff but when you leave itu it's just it's not over for a lot of people it's months and months of recovery and you may not make a full recovery either
1: um can i quickly i've got a question about children for for a long time they were allowed to go to school even when we were lockdown. <laughs> the doctor's smiling. <laughs> like, I'm
3: uh, trying, I'm trying, I'm <laughs>
1: trying. <laughs> <laughs> are, 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 the, are children at risk? Are they carried? like, what is the situation with children? Can, are they in, in danger? Like, how do you feel about children being able to be at school? Obviously, they're not at the moment, but there was a long time when they were still going to school. Super spreaders. Yeah. Wow. I think that's, okay. just it. that's just
3: it. So, so, the numbers of children having very bad outcomes, having to go to hospital, very, very low numbers. But the number of children that are infected and spreading, they're super okay. Very, very high. So the idea of children not going to school wasn't because they were more at risk. It was just to stop them spreading it to their teachers who would go on to spread it to their families or children spreading it to other children, spreading to their families. You know, you've got whole classes. I've got a lot of teachers that are my patients, they have been like when they were at school they were just isolating every 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 week because they'd go into school another kid would have it they'd have to isolate again the whole class would have to isolate then they'd finish then they go back and then their child has it then they isolate again go it's just a cycle so they were just mass spreaders um essentially i don't know if ada you wanted to add anything to that
4: well well no just to say i had to take a personal calculated risk because at the height of the pandemic i in the position i was at within ages england I had to go into the office because we were working very closely with the military, and you know, the military don't do emails like that. So you had to be in the building with them uh, working. And my wife, uh, we have a two-year-old. Uh, it, it just wasn't tenable to have a, you know, a kind of, yeah, like the, they can't be homeschooled at that age. So um, calculated risk because all that I'd researched and read was I, I understood about that, but I also understood that you know the school was taking or nursery rather was taking the right precautions. Um, and going back to what Femi was saying about everyone, you know, needing to have a livelihood, I, I I really feel for you know people who have to kind of homeschool and do all of that. And 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 I think yeah, there is a balance to strike and maybe we can go more in the other direction of managing the risks and trying to get everyone back to mm. some kind of normalcy as possible. Um
0: this one's one that's definitely been doing the rounds on the conspiracy theory chats, yeah. Why are so many causes of deaths being recorded as COVID even when other illnesses had killed people? I don't yeah, know so if is, The question is, right, so, like, I go into a hospital, I might have had COVID, but, obviously, that leads to that or it triggers a long-term illness that I had and like when I die instead of like it being recorded as heart failure I'm I don't know I'm making this up yeah right it's recorded as a COVID death And so there's been a lot of like, I've been seeing a lot of like, I don't know. To be honest, I don't really care about conspiracy theories. And because I'm like, you know what? It's a conspiracy theory for a reason. Until it affects my life, I do not give a damn. And otherwise, I'm going to be carrying random bits of information, useless information around in my head and stressing myself out all day. But this is one that I've been seeing where like it's like almost like the government are trying to exaggerate the amount of deaths related to covid because they're trying to scare people into be- believing that this thing's crazier than it is
3: mm. well well i think to, to start off kind of working backwards to the answer it's more than likely that the numbers are under underrepresented uh, more than likely i think there's a lot of people i think the numbers if we even think about it they're probably lower than what they actually are <laughs> there are a lot of people that probably do have COVID that probably wouldn't even go and have a test. So mm. even working backwards, I expect the numbers that we see today are definitely going to be, well, maybe even slightly, slightly higher, higher in reality. Now with regards to the death certificates, you know, it, it's difficult to answer because I, I don't really work in hospital, so I don't do any death certificates, you know, often. Um, so what I would say is that on the death certificate, there's, there's, there's different, lines I don't know if anyone has seen a death certificate but there's different lines where you can basically put cause of death um, and others like other things that may have contributed to the death and then other medical illnesses so if you go into hospital with with Covid because it's such a novel virus it's very hard to possibly know whether that contributed to the illness or not Um, and it's probably likely affected what the existing condition that it was anyway um, it's very yeah it's hard to explain without having like a death certificate to show you but as I said on the death certificate there's multiple lines so you have like the main cause of death something that's contributed to that and then you have like number two which is like other so like diabetes blood high blood pressure you can put on there as well so it's not like there's just one thing on there there's multiple things in in many cases as well
4: um, yeah and, and- Maybe I uh, may okay. just quickly speak on it that um co- like conspiracy theories thrive in this kind of ambiguity and uncertainty and and the ambiguity is what Adwa was saying which is what is a death certificate what is on a coroner's report we like not like not many people know that and and I'm not going to say that I I, I know in any depth I I know some of what she was saying that you know there's four probable causes you put the one that you think is most probable to have caused the death but you know it, like. a a, a typical person wouldn't know that, a typical person wouldn't know who is actually authorised to sign a coroner's report, is it a doctor, is it a legal person, all this rest of it, and so in that uncertainty and like, you know, does it really mean this, you know, and and then also the the kind of western enlightenment that that we are smarter than we are led to believe and the media is controlling us, conspiracy theories can rise like that and then people that want to kind of, you know, feel like they're in control of this and that they know more than that, you know, is going on, find solace in that, right? and then that's when then they can thrive and you will just find more evidence to support or facts to support your 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 argument not say that that's right but
2: that's just kind of typical human behavior mm. okay okay but in, in 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 kind of elaborating on this question so something that I've 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 noticed and and what other people have noticed as well is what gets reported is let's say 7,000 deaths today with COVID, as opposed to 7,000 deaths because of COVID. Now, this is where I sit with this. I think humans, we're kind of programmed to hear certain words in a sentence. So we hear death and we hear COVID and we automatically put those together Yeah, and we're like, right, 7,000 people died because of COVID. I think what people are trying to get at and trying to break down is, is, you know, we are hearing that there's 7,000 people that died with COVID. That doesn't necessarily mean that 7,000 people died because of COVID. So I think what people are trying to work out is where, 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 where are people who are feeding this, which we can say is the media, going with this because i am one of these people that are of the belief that there are people that are trying to create panic they're trying to create and and i honestly feel that i honestly feel that people that are in a in a state of panic are easier to control than anybody else than than free thinking people or whatever you know and and i've heard this on news and and read certain things and and i stop and i think what does that actually mean because you know there's probably the same amount of people. I'm just, just trying out random numbers. There's the same amount of people that have died through you know smoke, through, through, through but um, Damon, Damon, the point is, not that many people
0: die in a day. You know, this is the thing, and I agree with that. I, that I absolutely agree with like, that. Or people like people die every day
2: anyway, and blah blah blah. Not that people just don't die of the same cause like this. I, I hear you, but then the, the, I understand that right now we're in a COVID world. Yeah, we're in a COVID world. But you see, let's take the number 7,000. You say 7,000 people died with COVID. That's not necessarily the, the, the cause of their deaths. Do you know what I mean? And it's, and it's, it's not practical to be told, okay, 7,000 people also died with chlamydia. 7,000 people also died with a cold. 7,000 people also died with a headache. I understand that that's not, you know, feasible to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I I understand where a lot of people are coming from in regards to what the media are putting out and trying to make us go down that road. Do you, do you understand what
3: I'm yeah. saying? I think. I, I you're
2: saying. In, sorry. I, I, I would
4: argue just before you uh, you come in. I, I I I would also argue that. In in all those, so we're just going with the number 7,000. In all of those deaths, because it's just typically not possible to do a full coroner biopsy report to say definitively, even though this person tested positive with COVID, they died because of atrial fibrillation, they died because of a sugar spike or, you know, something else. So in in, in that kind of, that's just the way health systems are and, and that's the way reporting is and statistics are, with COVID is the kind of headline figure that um, yes, it, it can cause panic and it can cause you know more susceptible control of large populations, etc. But to suggest that there is a mastermind or a conspiratorial kind of like let us say this to then control that, no, like government
2: isn't that smart is, is my personal. But, okay. Um, okay. Now with with your with your professional opinion, is there a way to find out? how many people have died because of COVID, because of nothing else but COVID? Are, are those numbers of... Are, no, and yeah, I'm not saying they, from, from YouTube, so but are those said, numbers of, D, they've just, again, you, they've just explained
0: to you that it's, it's almost like on a scale. You get this sheet of paper that it's like COVID, it's a novel virus, so they don't even know whether that's what killed you or not because it's novel, meaning no one really fully understands this it's virus not
3: as, it's not as though it's not as though oh. look, every every death is scrutinized every single death is scrutinized you know you have to have more than one person that completes the the death certificate so it's not like somebody just adds covid and you didn't no like and you didn't have a test no like if you've had a positive covid test you more than likely came in there with some sort of respiratory symptom, but we can't for certain say that your heart attack wasn't related to your, the fact that you had COVID. We can't say for certain that your stroke wasn't related to the fact that you had COVID. So the safest thing to do is to write stroke, probably secondary to, to I don't know, uh, a clot, probably secondary to the fact that you had COVID that doesn't seem irrational. It's not as though people are just writing COVID. It's it's, it's methodical, you know, it's actually trying to work out, scrutinizing this, this person's death. What, what is it that you think happens? And, and what actually physically happens is the person dies You have to complete the death certificate. You have to discuss if there's any uncertainty, you have to discuss it with with a coroner. You have to actually discuss it and say, look, this is the situation. You actually have to go through what's happened. And they think, okay, actually, yeah, that sounds reasonable. So it's not like some person is just writing COVID on the death certificate. Every death is scrutinized and it's a methodical process. And it's also a legal document as well. So you can't just put what you know put anything on there it needs to make sense and also the notes are there so you can verify what's happened and you have a history so you know what's happened in the days weeks before they've even had come to hospital to be able to have a clear picture of what's happened
4: can i just try a quick mental exercise to, to, uh, to show you how conspiracy theories might come about so you're aware that um there may be a public inquiry a judicial review about the government's handling of the situation you may also be aware that government, you know, like there's liability and indemnity in terms of you know whether they are liable for cause of death and et cetera, et cetera. So there, you know, there could be an argument and a theory that suggests actually government is under-reporting coronavirus deaths because they don't want to be held liable for that for, for many more deaths. So actually there, there could be more coronavirus deaths, but government has told coroners and death certificate people across the country to under-report coronavirus, so they're not held liable. I've I've just made that up, but that is something that someone could potentially say. Yeah, you know, join the dots and think that's a thing. And if that came to you in a WhatsApp message without my filtering and you know explanation right now,
2: some people could believe that, and that could gain wings. And the you thing is, see, I mean? see with what you said here, I don't I don't actually disagree with that because you know I I think a point that you made earlier in regards to people's relationships with their government i one, one of my best friends lives in australia and he asked me a little while ago am i going to take the vaccine i initially said no he said why i said because i don't trust the government so I've, i as a, as a as a fee as a free-thinking adult i've witnessed so many things that make me distrust this government and i said to him your relationship with your government in australia could be totally different do you know what i mean and i, and I think that is a big issue with people in this country there's been blatant lies by members of the government by the government and they just you know they just tell us well I mean, this is the, what we're telling you the health just secretary was pretending to cry on tv yeah you understand what i'm saying so you know wh- when i'm hearing things like when i'm hearing things like you know i believe in wordplay i believe in mind manipulation I, be- I believe in all that stuff and, I- and i'm never going to look at our government or any other government around the world world, and say they're not that intelligent to do something like that. But back to your point, I actually, because I've also thought to myself, what happens if this is the other way round? What happens if this is the government actually trying to protect us from something bigger than, you know, and I get it, people, you know, I suppose people like to focus on the bad more than the good and, you know, even the whole word, the whole term conspiracy theory. You know, I've had conversations with Femi and Ace many a times, and it's just like, a conspiracy theorist, isn't that just somebody who just says things against the government that isn't actually proven yet? Do you know what I mean? It, it, you know. but what, we, Let's let's move on, because we could yeah, get stuck yeah, here. We could get yeah, stuck yeah.
0: yeah. 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 here. There's like, I want to ask three more questions, and then, and then and I'll we'll wrap up. We'll call it
2: quits
0: yeah um um the three more questions one of the questions is given the effort taken to come up with the covid vaccine could the same global effort work to come up with other vaccines for ser- serious illnesses such as cancer hiv and ebola i could try to answer that and say not really because these are not economic have do these do not have the Economic effect that this um, COVID has had on on, on on governments all around the world, but you guys can add to it though.
3: Don't say anything that's going to don't say anything that's going to get in trouble. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not gonna. I, I wouldn't do that. I, <laughs> well, all, all I would all I would say is, okay. What I would say is that we have seen how when it's in the interest of people. Things come together very, very quickly. There's a global effort, but you know, you you mentioned. I think someone did someone say Ebola or did someone say HIV?
2: Both, Let me say both. HIV, oh, said both. Said well, both. I
3: mean, typically, though. Okay, let me not. Let me not. <laughs> no, 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 In essence, no, no. in essence, I in
0: essence I, let's just I, be real. In essence, I these diseases affect predominantly sub-Saharan African people, right? And those states are very poor and it's not in the West's interest to come up with solutions for those problems. They don't make that much money from it because who's who, who they're going to sell it to? They're going to... Bo- like, and, and so ultimately... Like this is more of a profitable business, and also don't, don't
1: say nothing that's gonna get you in trouble. Just, no, but
0: I'm saying it. I'm right, saying right. it. So no, this is I'll Femi, it. or you're Femi, works for Femi. That's that's Femi works for that's that's Femi. That. Femi works for Femi. I'm saying. All that.
3: Right. I think I think it's you know that that's a very you know I understand what you said, Femi. You know that's a that's a, a lot of people think like that. You know a lot of people have said that to me, um, but you know let's just hope that you know we can redirect those efforts you know, in the future, we can learn from this and redirect that to, to, you know, things like HIV, you know, where, you know, it, it seems to have kind of fallen away. But, but you know, people are working really hard in those areas as well, so let's not take away from that, you know. people uh, are working
0: I, I just say, it all boils down to investment. And as you said earlier, like, billions have been invested into this. And like, you know, and billions were found overnight. Governments were borrowing money, like, overnight. Like, it was because there was an urgent need that was affecting the population of these Western countries. And so, like, you know, if you look at all the countries that have been affected by by COVID, apart from, say, South Africa, that it's not really like, you know, the African countries, you know, have been affected, but not as much in terms of death, in, in terms of fatalities. And so ultimately, like, for me, I just feel like, you know, like, it's not like Ebola, HIV, they're not, they're not Western problems. You know so-
3: what, actually, I can actually say this. A good example of what I think you're kind of trying to say is that, for example, sickle cell in the UK, right? So sickle cell is the right. most common genetic inherited disease in this country. Now, a lot of people don't know that, right? So um, the sickle-, sickle Cell Society is a charity. It's a fund. They were the people that actually put systems in place to ensure that when people were having crisis, they were actually getting the, the, the support and the medical care that they deserved. Now, if you were to compare that with something like cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic disorder in this country, which doesn't affect as many people, but predominantly affects white people, they received something like 11 million pounds of, of funding to look into research. Now, why is that? That's the question.
4: Sorry, um, so I, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to go there and, and call it about race because it is about race. So one of the other things I should have mentioned as well is I'm chair of, um, so so we have a BAME staff network in NHS England, and I'm chair of that BAME staff network. And I'm absolutely happy to, in that capacity, call it out, yeah. as, it's, it's yeah. a race thing. So as Adwa said, um, sickle cell was the first genetic disorder discovered and uh, it, it, you know, it had a head start of, of cystic fibrosis and the funding disparity is huge. Sickle cell affects mostly black people. It's, it's, it's absolutely about race and, and, and I'll share one personal story. So one of my first jobs was um, a management consultant and I worked with pharmaceutical companies. I remember I, we, we did this um, kind of pipeline analysis and I was in the C-level of um, this, this big top five pharma company all white men around the board table. And you think about this Bruce Wayne big like boardroom in overlooking the Sky sea And we're looking at all these disease areas. And um, we had like one that affected, you know, Japanese women. And we had one that looked at, and they're looking at, you know, investing into a pipeline drug. And they picked the one that affected prostate, like men with prostate, which was, you know, I, I thought, and I said, that, that's, that's your demographic. And, it's, and it wasn't the most profitable like disease area they can invest in. But you know, you think about people in these rooms of you know where there's funding go for this research, or where there's like you know let's target this disease area, and who makes those decisions then affects where the money goes. And if the relationship is there, you know it's no it's no surprise that Oxford was in a strong position to benefit from funding research. Um, so yeah, I'd go there and say it's absolutely about race. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Um. I just wanted to get that on the record. Uh-huh.
0: Um. Quickly, um, if you're if you've had COVID, do you have immunity after having it? You, you,
3: well, so not in. We don't know enough, and probably not. So, um, there are people that have had COVID who had positive tests, and they have had an antibody test to see whether they have the recognition system to recognize and fight the virus should it come about again and they didn't have any antibodies so um having COVID does not necessarily mean that you are immune to having COVID again and I've had patients that have had it twice um, in different periods you know over several months sorry with months in between I should say.
0: Now I think we should end on this how do we convince Black people especially young Black people to get the vaccine when it's offered to them good point, why should so. they
3: okay well I um, I can I can start with that I think first of all conversations like this are really really important because um, you know there's people that are having good conversations I think in the chat about you know having just ha- bringing up this topic to have discussions to kind of allay some of the the anxieties and answer questions that people have how can we encourage people I think seeing people, like myself when you look at when I watch the news and I see the people that are having vaccines I don't see people that look like me having the vaccination so I think it's kind of building into the the that kind of narrative you know I think you need to have more people like that look like me having the vaccine and speaking about the vaccine, which is why I said to you, I, I made a video about COVID and the vaccine, and I've made a couple of others to put out as well um, with an organization. And also I try and speak about it on my um, Instagram page at the Clinic Diaries or on Word, about lots of, of these issues because it's an important it's important. And the way I see it is that I'm not necessarily taking the vaccine to protect myself because I'm you know relatively fit relatively well but it's the you know I've seen the devastating effects it has on people who are even younger than my parents and people that have lost their loved ones like why would I why would I put put them at risk you know and why why would they want to put themselves at risk they were very you know especially my mum she wasn't sure but now she's like, I want my vaccine. Want my vaccine. Want my vaccine. My dad's like, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Like people just like people are desperate to have this vaccine because people just want normality and people want to want to stay well and be able to kind of carry on their life, you know, as best they can and not be fearful and scared to go out. So that's that's kind of my contribution to that answer.
4: Thank you, Ade. Um, well, a, a, a lot of what, um, what Ade was said, but um. I I, I hesitate to kind of not think about this as an opportunity to shine a spotlight on kind of engagement from the powers that be the state or Department of Health and Social Care or NHS and say, uh, because I've I've had it in the past where, you know, the communications team will come to me in October or leading up to October, Black History Month, you know, who should we be talking to or this, this and that. And then, you know, health inequalities have always existed before, and that's because of a lack of engagement, because we're not meeting people where they are, and also because people like us aren't in those places of where decision making is happening to inform, look, actually, if you want to put out a document like this, you might want to translate it into five different languages, you might want to do it, you know, on on the Sikh channel, you might want to go to Redeemed Christian Church of God, you've got a network of churches where, you know, this community is, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so, so, so whilst absolutely kind of f- for ourselves, for black people, I would say, look, you've got to protect yourselves and protect those around you, because you might be able to, as a young, fit person, survive from it, but your your aunties, your uncles, your, your parents might not. But then also, the, like, like the problem isn't only with us. I think there's something to say and use this opportunity to kind of, yeah, say to the, the powers that be that, look, this isn't a, a one-off thing that, you know, we, we should have continuous engagement and we should be represented um, so that we don't have stuff like this happening disproportionately to black people. Oh, it's
1: Yo, this has been amazing, man. Honestly, thank you guys so much for joining us and what an amazing conversation this has been. Uh you said that you had a blog. Was it a blog or a website?
4: Me? Uh no, 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 personal blog. I'm, I'm a back office civil civil service guy. So wow. uh, I'm I'm here in a personal capacity.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Adua, you've got Adjoa. Uh, the, the clinic diaries. Yeah, it's um on,
3: on an Instagram page. So Insta- it's basically just an Instagram page where I talk like this but on instagram and in a more kind of medical capacity so i talk about lots of medical problems that predominantly affect the black community because at the uptake can um, i
1: show you this rash am i joking it's a joke
3: (laughs) 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 yeah so if you are um sort of interested or you want to like have more conversation um do give me a follow and uh, send any messages if you want to kind of continue the conversation. I don't really do clubhouse anymore.
2: Just so
0: what, also- you know. did they run you off Clubhouse?
3: No, but I saw what they did to other people and I was no, like,
0: Because I was on Twitter. I was on Twitter, right? And I, I don't use Clubhouse and I've been running away from it because I'm I've explained on all our previous podcasts, so I won't even go there again. But like I Everything that happens on Clubhouse seems to then go on Twitter. And I saw on Twitter that on Clubhouse, they were bullying doctors.
3: No, it was really, I shouldn't even smile about it. Because it was at, it, like, the, like I, the consequences are really bad. Like, mm-hmm. the worst consequences that could happen. And it was just, you know, it, I had I had seen, like, there were lots of doctors groups. Which is why I actually joined Clubhouse. Because I, you know, I really wanted to be like, oh, I want to hear what they're doing in America. Because there's loads of American doctors. And um, it was just kind of like, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a nice environment. So, and I think it's put a lot of people off, um, kind of speaking, and giving health advice,
0: which is a so, shame yeah. because because like the thing is like, you know, our community, the Black community, we love to talk so much about our, we're not represented in these spaces, and then when we have people that are that do represent us, it's almost like we never support those people we never really get behind those people and we seek ways to then almost uncle tom them it's like oh actually it's because you're them now you're not us and and other other these people and like almost like turn them into agents of the government and the agents of the other and so I just feel like um it's a shame man it's very sad um
3: it it is but also it's like I was kind of alluding to at the beginning like like (sighs) what what makes people have like followers like what what are they people what what are you influencing like you know what are you okay let me just go yeah that's it that's it eating fruit and being (laughs) bare chest that's
1: it that's all anyway listen um guys this has been absolutely amazing thank you to everybody that we're supposed to just have you guys on for 20 minutes we've done an hour and a half this is sorry guys have you got work in the morning
3: yeah
1: um yeah. so do you know what we gotta let them go but thank you so much again uh for this this has been so like insightful i i've got so much information off this um is there anything else you guys want to say before you leave us just thanks yeah. for having us
3: thanks yeah thank you thank you good to
2: people, see you again, pe- people, yeah, are asking, people, are, people are asking for you lot to come back at a later date so you know hopefully in a couple months not too soon but in a couple months when not too soon <laughs> no 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 I didn't mean that in the wrong way what like, I meant is
3: things to happen first see yeah,
2: yeah 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 I mean shut up lad. shut up <laughs> yeah in a couple months when things have developed and you know because you know I think we, we just briefly we discussed this on a couple podcasts ago that I think as people we we need to kind of stop Shaming people or, or getting at people that have decided that they want to take the vaccine, and I think a lot, of, you know, outside of you two medical professionals, most of us at some point have been like, Well, no, I'm not taking the vaccine, I'm going to be one of the last. Well the reality is, if you want to take the vaccine, take the vaccine, do what you want to do, to, do what you feel you need to do to make yourself feel better and comfortable. And the way things are going, listen, you know, I've got a lot of elderly people around me family members a lot of vulnerable people around me and if it's one of them things it's like you know what you need to take the vaccine to make sure you you know keep these people safe listen i'll come down to your clinic and take it i get you to take it though i need you <laughs> you dr Danso, you yeah? what, what what do you call them femi ebo people or no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you boy or oh, you, bo, oh, you, bo. oh, you yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no. Mm-mm. yeah no I,
3: I just think I think also to to also say I will promise you I will go in a minute but like <laughs> we do not have compulsory vaccines that's another myth that we have to like dispel like it's completely with if you choose not to have the vaccine that is okay I just would say that really understand what that means and what the implications will be but we do not have compulsory vaccines in this country and nothing is compulsory as well should you choose not to have the vaccine that's,
4: yeah know, and, that's, and, 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 and. Just on that, Damon, um so so you know Russia have got their vaccines called Sputnik Five. Um, China have got vaccines, right? you talk about relationships with citizens and their governments. Just thank God we're not in Russia and thank God we're in China. <laughs> Having sex Sputnik Five and um anyone anyway, else there before I Cause of the <laughs> Don't become a target, big man. Don't
3: become
1: a <laughs> target. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, guys, thanks again for joining hey. us. That was awesome. Wicked,
0: man. No, thank you. It's been, it's been you. so great to talk to you, Adjoa And Ade, thank you so much for answering the
1: call. Bless. Um, man. That was wicked, innit?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was yeah, wicked, man. yeah. That was yeah, so it's good. good. It's a shame. I mean Lee
0: you know, Lee's
2: birthday drink mm-hmm. up. Yeah, thing, but it just. Well, maybe we uh, save it. We save it till next time he's here, in it. Because I was, I was looking to get lit for Lee tonight. But you know what? I actually started
0: drinking alcohol way before this. I was like, Nah, let me, let me do Lee. Let me do like. And then when he said he wasn't coming, I started drinking water.
1: I forgot. <laughs> um. Well, you know, what? There's, there's probably loads for us to talk about, but I mean, we've been an hour and a half in. Uh, Chip and Stormzy. Uh, we got I to, know, inaug- we need to. We inaugurations need to tomorrow. In. Hey, uh, what's, you know,
2: what's tomorrow?
1: The inaugurations tomorrow. All
2: right, listen, listen, quickly. We quickly, we need to speak about Chip and Stormzy. And something I put in the group the other day, which, you know, I stick by, and it's not necessarily just about Stormzy. I realized, yeah, you see when rappers are beefing, I don't rate rappers that go on a next person song to throw shots at another rapper. I don't, I don't, I don't rate that. I, I hear you, yeah, but I don't rate that.
1: Why does everyone think that them lines were about Chip? Why are we really? assuming? Why, why are we assuming them like them lines were jabs? I don't, I don't like, I don't know. They weren't
0: clear-cut jabs. They weren't clear-cut jabs. Like, weren't clear-cut I, feel, jabs. I, I feel like I feel you can like be talking Chip, about anyone. I feel like Chip is just on smoke. Yeah, he's in I love mode. He's on smoke. Love it. And 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 he's just like. You've, it was like, you know what? The first two were like warm ups. This one, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna do the air, air um, the airline joke. I'm gonna do every joke going. I'm just
2: Ace, go how it. did Ace? How did you feel when man was speaking in your home tongue? How did you feel? Gaffed you in it? it <laughs> a
1: couple of tree bars there. Man <laughs>
2: dropped to a couple. Man
0: said,
1: <laughs> ya I mean, like again. I mean, like. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm tired of talking about this. I've I've been on Clubhouse. I was on Clubhouse that whole next day, and every conversation was about. I, I jumped into a room. Shout out to Ricardo, Ricardo Cherry V, and Jermaine Riley. Started a group. They were talking about Michael Jackson versus Whitney Houston. The group ended up talking about Chip versus Stormzy. I'm like, this, like, is this? Everything goes back to this conversation, and I don't know. I don't. Chip Stormzy is not going to reply. Let's just leave it. There's nothing that anyone can to say to make him reply. It is what it is.
2: All right, all right. You, you see that, yeah, you're right. So the, can we can we as the people strip him of the title of king of grime then? I don't think Stormzy was ever king of grime. Listen,
0: I think, can we strip I, think him of that title? I think Stormzy's the most successful grime artist, like probably ever, after Dizzy. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think and and if you want out of stretch, t- um Tiny Temper, but Tiny Temper kind of stopped doing grime very quickly. And, like, but ultimately, I think Stormzy's title of being one of the most successful grime artists, stroke, black British artists that ever come out of the UK will never be taken away from him. But in terms of, like, actual grime, like, Chip doesn't even call himself the king of grime. Fam, it's see when you're that good? you that good? You
2: don't have like,
0: no labels for yourself, blood. It's like calling yourself, like, it's like everyone calling themselves king of New York and all of that stuff, man. It was like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. It's just a stretch, man. No one's king of nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Whoa. All right. Um, The inauguration tomorrow, Ace.
1: Like, I'm, I'm I'm, like, if we have got any American listeners, I'm very nervous for you, look. I just feel like, <laughs> no, and listen, I can't even laugh, but I genuinely feel like there's going to be bloodshed tomorrow. Really? Yeah, I'm dead serious. What, I'm what, dead what, serious. What time is it? What time is it? um i don't like i don't i'm not sure i'm guessing Uh, so food i don't know i'm i'm very i'm very worried for everybody over there do you know what
2: time is it is it barack obama's one wasn't it something like four o'clock in the afternoon or something three o'clock in the afternoon it's in the day day. i can't yeah i can't remember the time but it's in the day okay all right all right yeah um i'm i pray for them
1: over there i mean
0: it's gonna be locked down i'm not as worried as you ace but what I find really like outrageous about it is that like, Donald Trump is not even turning up. He's just like uh, it's the first time in one hundred and fifty years where the previous president is not going to be present.
2: I'm I'm rating that. I'm rating the energy. I'm rating the energy.
1: Nah, he's keeping the same. I'm the he's keeping the same energy, but yeah. I'm not rating it. You can't rate anything that guy does. Well, no, no. No, no, to no.
2: Okay. He he, <laughs> he's he <laughs> <freaks> like <laughs> Rocky or whatever his name is. We've got to
1: rate that as well, guys. We got to rate it. Cuz. As he because isn't today the day when he's going to release the list of people that he's pardoning? I don't. Know. I think that it was. must be, yeah. And people want Joe Exotic to be pardoned, and they're saying that. I'll be happy for and... Joe Exotic
0: to be pardoned <laughs> for giving us that. <laughs> Giving us that documentary, yeah. Uh, you gotta get the, first at the cut start of the, chat start of the first then. lockdown. That was that like, we had about five cut the chat episodes about that documentary. Yeah, <laughs> I'm asking. that kept us going for a minute. Oh. So if he pardons Joe Exotic, I know he's outrageous, I know Joe Exotic's a joke, man, but it will give me joy to 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 to, to see him out on roads. <laughs> yeah, Joe.
1: Brand new documentary. Straight to next.
0: New, like I want to see part two of Tiger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um all right, we'll be back next week then. I'm sure we'll have loads to talk about next week. And hopefully Lee will be joining us as well. Happy uh, birthday, um, Lee, man. birthday blessings to Lee. Thank you to everybody that was in the chat as well. I saw it popping off as well. Loads of people who was in today. Uh, you know what? There are people that are asking for us to do club chat, clubhouse rooms, you know. Cut the chat clubhouse rooms. Let's do it in it. You can't because you got an Android. What <laughs> you can't you can't do it because you got an Android. I actually got an iPhone. Hey, so when should we do it? Look,
2: when? When nah, we well, do it?
0: Out. I'll be honest. Should Would I be you... honest, guys? I've I've not I'm still wary
1: about Clubhouse, but I'm happy <laughs> to do You know what it can be very toxic. I'm not gonna lie.
0: No, it's not even about the toxic. No, it can, it can,
1: it can. It very much you can
0: see that that I get all of that. I just the idea of me uh, just listening to audio of people chatting all day is scary. And also, I've seen a lot of my friends that are on it are kind of addicted to it. And I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for a new one of those. I'm tired of social media. Can we talk about that next week? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> are you going to be here? Are you going to be that tired that you just don't drink? No, come on, guys, man. I'll be there. Bless
1: up. All right. Till next week. Rate, subscribe, comment. Thanks again to the doctor and to Eddie. Peace. Mm-hmm.